Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome back into another edition of the Wolverine.com's live show here on a Monday night. March 20th, 2023, Anthony Broom here, as always, with Clayton Safey and Chris Ballas. After a lot to get to today, we're going to talk some spring football. I want to camp out in spring football a little bit because uh, we'll talk basketball too, but it was just uh, another another chapter in the comedy of errors that was this year. We'll talk about the season coming to an end. Uh, we will take your questions after the show, but uh, or at the end of the show, I should say. Uh, but first, I want to start off by talking about our friends over at Vitamin Energy. and I'm running the show tonight, so give me just a second to pull this up. This is what happens <laughs> when you do it live. Um, Vitamin Energy, uh, energy with benefits. Uh, of course, our friends over there have been uh, our sponsor of these shows over the last couple of weeks. It's a powerful, naturally caffeinated energy shot. You see one in my hands right here. It's a magazine week for us, so could use the extra boost. Uh, could use all of the vitamins uh, needed to get through this week. A lot of stuff going on behind the scenes on our end, but a powerful, naturally caffeinated energy shot that nourishes the body with vitamins, supports healthy weight loss, and boosts energy for seven plus hours with no jitters or sugar crash. Uh, like I said, I've got mine right here. This is the Burner Edition uh, Pomegranate Acai. I think that's uh, how, how is it? A A C A I. What is that? I've always Acai. said that. I think it's acai. Acai. It? See, I'm not cultured, but uh, vitamin energy. Yeah. There you go. Let's look uh, it up. <laughs> there's your uh, your fruit of the week to uh, to Google this week. Um, their mission is to make people healthier and more energized one day at a time. Uh, they've got the benefits in every shot with the naturally caffeinated uh, green tea extract in every shot that you take. It's gluten-free, vegan, kosher, certified, keto-friendly, zero sugars, zero art or zero sugars and zero artificial flavors, zero carbs. There's something in there for everyone. I just showed you the the Burner Plus here. They've got the immune and mood booster, B12 shots, vitamin D, workout plus, sports plus, focus shots, and more. No jitters, no crash, supports gut health, 
uh, probiotic benefits there. Uh, energy with benefits. Let vitamin energy help you through your day and be the best version of yourself. So uh, feel free to look around their website. We've got that pulled up for you here. All the information you need is right there. Vitaminenergy.com. Use the promo code WolverineBogo to buy one and get one for free uh, at vitaminenergy.com. So that's promo code WolverineBogo. We appreciate our friends over there. Now that the housekeeping uh, for our, the beginning of our show is finished, fellas, I want to talk about spring football. The three of us and John Borton, shout out to John, were in Ann Arbor earlier today, uh, that being Monday, where we spoke to a trio of Michigan football players um, in tight end Colston Loveland, um, defensive tackle Chris Jenkins. Why am I blanking on the third one? Who's the third one? Tyler player? Morris. Yeah. Tyler Morris, of course. Last but not least, Tyler Morris. But I want to start with Chris Jenkins. And basically what we're going to do is uh, I just want to talk, because to me, you get into this spring football circuit, and Chris Jenkins has been the guy where you talk to all these defensive players, namely the edge guys, the defensive end, or the defensive tackles. Everyone's talking about Chris Jenkins right now, a guy that has put on, I believe he said 15 pounds uh, since the end of last season. He's playing in spring right now, I, I believe 6'4", 300 pounds, wants to get up to about 310. This is a guy who has a lot of hype behind him, someone who, as you look for leaders to step in on that defensive line, um, we think he's probably going to be a captain this year. Uh, and Jenkins just it, the, he's, keeps putting on the good weight. Uh, he's getting more explosive. Um lower half of the body getting stronger uh, up top and his chest arms, all that stuff. So uh, I want to start with him. I mean, this is a guy who, when we start power ranking, who could be a star on, on their no star defense, that term is back by the way. Um, seems like right now he's at the top of the list for what he's been doing this off season. Clay, go ahead. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the buzz just continues for, for Chris Jenkins. Every single guy we've talked to has mentioned him. Uh, and then, uh, you know, him and Braden McGregor were going back and forth, basically, with compliments, calling each other monsters, calling each other freaks. Uh, Chris Jenkins is already the mutant because of uh, the way he can move at his size. And by the way, he's looking up to get to potentially 310 pounds if he can still move the way he wants to. So that's important to note. But he said he's feeling good right now. Uh, one thing I asked Chris Jenkins about and I thought was one of the most interesting things of this offseason for Michigan is, you know, he told John Jansen a couple months ago that they're obsessing over getting better at pass rush. You know, they were a really good run defense last year. They had their moments as a pass rush unit. Uh, but I was looking at some of the numbers today. They ranked 32nd in the country in pressure rate, according to Sports Info Solutions. They ranked 33 in the country in sacks per game. You know, good, but not elite like the run defense was and like some of the other numbers were. He said it was a weakness, you know. That's a relative term a little bit because this was still a good pass rush unit, but they're looking to turn that into a strength this year. Uh, and he said it can come from some of the interior guys, Mason Graham. We already have seen it with him. Kenneth Grant. He said Cam Good. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll believe that one when I see it a little bit. But, you know, he has confidence in those guys. And I think really Chris Jenkins was being a little bit modest. I think Chris Jenkins is going to be easily the best pass rusher from the interior spot. Mason Graham, give him a run for his money. But uh, that's going to help this this team, uh, I think, defensively, if they can do that. And he spoke glowingly about Mike Elston and the impact he's had as well, kind of honing in on those details for those guys, pushing them to their limits. So I think that's something they can improve on. Uh, but Chris Jenkins is going to be a big piece of this defense. It's no stars. I, I forget what analysts said this last year, but, yeah, they call it a no-star defense. He's like, I see stars all over this defense. I think it's going to be the same thing this year from – Junior Colson to Chris Jenkins to Will Johnson to Rod Moore to other guys. Uh, we're going to see guys step up at the edge spot. Uh, don't know who that's going to be exactly yet. You know, McGregor could be one. But, um, you know, I, I think they're going to have stars. And I think Chris Jenkins, as Jim Harbaugh said, may be their best defensive player this year. Yeah, and go back and watch that Ohio State game again and the impact that he made in that game. That was unbelievable. So he had some pressures. He had some. He drew a huge holding call on a, what would have been a game-changing play, uh, frankly, uh, that they got penalized on and then they get a late hit on. And uh, just fantastic. So uh, he's just a good guy. You know what? I remember seeing him this uh, this summer when I made Clay ask him what his weight was. <laughs> so and he's eating a power bar, and he's just yeah. he's just always willing to always willing to answer questions. He is going to be a captain. I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, I really strongly believe that. 
And um, but he was talking about Braden McGregor too. Now in practice the other day, Braden McGregor had a one of those passes where you knock it down at the line, you know, and you see it, but it stuck to his hand. And uh, he said, you know what, it was a freakish play as for what we'd heard. And then today. Chris Jenkins calls him a freak of nature uh, in terms of what he's doing out on the field. He says he's got Aiden Hutchinson type qualities. And again, this is spring folks. So take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, we've seen McGregor progress and progress and progress. Go back and look at him in that Ohio state game too. This is a kid who really wants it. And you can tell he came in, had some maturity issues and had some things that he needed to, to clean up, but he's done that. And uh, he's going to be taking that next step, I think. So like him a lot. Uh, I like Chris Jenkins a lot. I like that interior line a lot. I think this will be one of the, there it is just like that. Chris Jenkins is going to be one of those guys that, um, is, you know what, by the end of the year, you're going to be like, wow, you know, they're really going to miss him. So, uh, and again, I think he'll be a captain. So uh, lots to like. Uh, we'll see what happens with, like you said, with the pass rush. But overall, uh, a great group of guys today. It was fun to talk to him. Tyler Morris is another one. We'll talk about him in a second. But uh, I like where this defense is, fellas, heading into at the end of spring here. Yeah, a little fun fact, and I don't I don't know – this might not even be a hundred percent true, but the first time I ever heard the term no star defense, uh, Jim Harbaugh had used it while speaking to like privately to one of the inmates at the prison they went through last year when he asked about the team. So he's uh, I don't know why that came into my head. Just it was the first time I heard it. I was like, wow, he's being, he's being quite forthright with these guys. So, well, they're not um, media. So that's <laughs> exactly yeah. who are they, who are they going to tell? You know, it's his- literally, it's literally, <laughs> we, do, we do inside the fort. It's literally locked down there. So. Yes. Yes. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this. It's uh, um, the 1985 defense was the no star defense. And that was his first as a starter where he went through the whole year. He broke his arm in 1984 as a starter, but that defense was a no star defense. and was outstanding. So uh, that's where I think he kind of got that from. And, but he's right. Uh, but there are, you're right. There's star power all over this defense, Clayton. And Ernest Hausman's another one to watch. This kid has really made an impact since coming over from Nebraska. Yeah. I want to, we'll talk about the other guys in a second. I want to stay in this front seven though, because we've heard a lot. Uh, and obviously we teased inside the fort there, but uh, Chris had offensive and defensive inside the forts that are available over on the website right now at the Wolverine.com. So go check those out. Um, there's been a lot of hype about the linebackers under Chris uh, under Chris Partridge, who I think from an on-field perspective has been an upgrade. I think from a recruiting standpoint, our, our guys will hit on that, I'm sure, later on this week during their shows. It's been an upgrade. But this front seven to me, I mean, um, you know, all the hype last year was that, you know, Mozzie Smith headlined the freaks list and that, oh, well, they, they might not have Aiden Hutchinson or David Ojabo, but look at all the guys they have. Um and I think the stats, you know, when you, you come back and, and it bears out at the end of the year, uh, like Clay said, the numbers pass rush wise weren't really where you want. I mean, it seemed like a lot of the sacks they were getting were based on scheme and, and some Jesse Minter playing the game as opposed to, uh, and it's no disrespect to the guys on the field. I think they did a really good job piecing that together, but I do feel like that this group um, has the goods to kind of take it to that next level with a Braid McGregor emerging. I think Josiah Stewart, uh, is a freak. You go back, watch some of his tape at, mind you, it's Coastal Carolina, but he's stepping into a bigger role. Derek Moore stepping into a bigger role. Jalen Harrell is, uh, you know, maybe the best three down defender of all those edge guys. So, um, you know, if we're, we're, we're taking money here and putting stock into some of these position groups, um, not to say that you can buy low on these guys now, but I really do think that there's a lot more to unlock with that group. Go ahead, Clay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm watching Anthony wig his tail there in the background. Yeah, I know. Right. I was distracted. <laughs> yeah. So Anthony's got a, what is it? Harley? Oh, we got yes. that is it's a great, us. one of the best dog names ever, by the way. Fantastic dog. <laughs> yep. name. And fantastic dog from, uh, yes. I met him a couple times, but, uh, Ditto. yeah, I mean, I agree. Like I'm a little not concerned, but I'm just curious who steps up, uh, at the edge spot and becomes the pass rusher. I was looking at, some of Mike Morris's stats, because unfortunately he's had a little bit of a disappointing pre-draft process here with the combine and his pro day. Um, he only had like a, I know he got hurt at the end of the year, but he only had like a sack or a sack and a half after like week five or six. Um, you know, so they needed a little bit more down the stretch. And then I was thinking about this uh, and wrote about it today with, with the TCU game as well. Um, you know, just how th- when they got pressure, 
and they did get some pressure on Max Duggan. PFF says 43% of his dropbacks, but a lot of those were blitzes. And a lot of those were also the plays that Michigan got burned on. You know, you think of the DJ Turner one where next thing you know, Quentin Johnston, one of the best receivers in the country has only one guy to beat instead of having maybe a little bit of, of a cushion back there with a safety over the top or something like that. So uh, pass rush is going to be huge. Derek Moore could be the guy. Braden McGregor could be the guy. Josiah Stewart could be the guy. Uh, but you do you do need a couple of those guys to to step up. Um, and, you know, but the interior could help, too. So that's that's kind of what I, you know, and, and we'll see a little bit of it in the spring game. But a lot of it's going to be more so what we see early on in the season. And fortunately for them, they have some early season opportunities to, you know, just kind of get out there, get some reps in game action because they got a couple cupcakes again here coming up. Yeah, and if you gave me the option of one thing, it'd be run defense for me. Make Stop the run and then figure things out. And they're going to have the run stoppers, guys. Uh, this is going to be a really tough defense to run on with that interior line, which is uh, as deep as any as I remember and talented. So uh, we'll see. But again, uh, you know, Jesse Minter did a nice job last year. It's funny because we said, yeah, Mike Morris and they, you know, they struggled in that area, but uh, there weren't too many teams that put up a whole lot of points on them. You know, TCU being the exception, unfortunately, and two of those were pick sixes. So, um, but look what they did against Ohio state. You can't do it better than that fellas in that uh, environment. Uh, And it was really, it came down to third down defense and uh and they got it done in red zone defense so um yeah i i uh i'm excited about it i i think that the front seven is going to be great it's deeper uh when you can move kalel mullings over to running back full-time like they have that means that they feel pretty good about that that linebacker core too and uh, ernest hausman that that kid's going to be really good fellas keep an eye on him Well, let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball now. Uh, We talked to a pair of pass catchers in addition to Chris Jenkins on Monday in Tyler Morris, a sophomore, of course, uh, as of now, most famous for being uh, the high school teammate of J.J. McCarthy. Uh, We talked to sophomore Colston Loveland, who uh, spoke to Joel Honigford Honigford at uh, Michigan's Pro Day over the weekend, and he kind of unprompted came out and said, you know, I think that Colston Loveland has a chance to be maybe the best at this school to ever put on um, the uniform at tight end. So a lot of hype there. Uh, Again, back to teasing Chris's inside the fort. Uh, JJ McCarthy has taken some steps forward this spring. Uh, He was actually throwing to the pass catchers at Michigan's pro day. So he's not draft eligible, but kind of came out of nowhere and was uh, put on a bit of a show in his own right in terms of the arm talent at Michigan's pro day with all 32 NFL teams there. So, um, I guess we can kind of loop in both of these guys here. I mean, I think we know that uh, I think we know that Colston Loveland is probably going to be a little more a little bit more prominently used in this offense, given the fact that they love the play action, they love going to the tight ends. But when you look at this group in general, um, especially as it pertains to the state and the, the depth chart at each position, which of those two guys do you think has a chance to maybe have a little more? Uh, how do I phrase this? Maybe just be more productive this year. I'll go with – I'll kind of bite and, and say Tyler Morris a little bit. I mean, he's he's getting a lot of hype from a lot of the guys. I think Colson Loveland will probably play more and maybe have a, a bigger role for his position. But in terms of production, I could see Tyler Morris being one of those breakout guys. And it's kind of interesting. He's somebody that we were probably talking about a year ago, you know, when he came into the program about is could he be like the next Ronnie Bell? You know, he seems to have – those type of traits. And he said he studied a lot of Ronnie Bell's game last year. He wants to, you know, potentially become that guy who could fill that role where it's, you know, you, it's a, you, it's a big down, you know, you're going to have to, uh, you know, pick up a first down and who's going to get open it, more often than not, it was Ronnie Bell. He would get the extra yards, that sort of thing. Tyler Morris, I think I mentioned this last week, but has now switched to number eight. It looks almost exactly like Ronnie Bell in some of these pictures that the Michigan football team has tweeted out. So I think uh, we could see that kind of happen, but I'm excited about Tyler Morris. He's a crisp route runner. Um, he's got the athletic tools. And now, you know, he, he had to recover from an injury last year that he suffered in the spring of his uh, his spring season after they canceled his initial season uh, back in high school. So now that you have that, um, you know, and him kind of coming into his own, I think that could help. But Colson Loveland, too, I think he's got to get better at blocking, but he could be uh, really impressive again this season. And Man, I mean, there's got to be something about him, right, where, where all these guys have come out and said that about him. He could be one of the best ever. I think Grant Newsom has said similar. So 
Uh, and, and we've seen flashes. So I, I'm excited to see what Colson Loveland does and take the next step. Yeah, this isn't a case where you have Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker together anymore, right? You've right. got a, a true number one, and I could see him getting 500 yards, guys. I really could. Um, and he's going to get some more attention, clearly, after the year that he had from defenses. But, uh, you know, the number two guy is, what, Matt Hibner or Max Bredesen or A.J. Barner. So um, I, I really think as pass catchers go – uh, he's head and shoulders above. So I expect a really big season from him. Um, you know, that catch that he had and, and the route that he ran against Ohio State, uh, you know, automatically makes him, you know, legendary in terms of what he's brought to the game. So uh, that was just a backbreaker for the Buckeyes. So uh, Tyler Morris, this is a kid that we've had our eyes on since Jim Harbaugh called him part of the freak show last year of receivers, the, the trio of freshmen. And uh, he's just a great kid, number one. Number two, he's not very big. He's not as big as Ronnie Bell. But this kid, at least he doesn't look it to me. Um, but I'll say this, um, from a pure shiftiness standpoint and what he brings to that side of the ball, uh, that's you know what you're looking for in a slot is everything that we've heard. So like him a lot. I, I really have high hopes for for both of those guys. Uh, great representatives of the university, obviously. And uh, to me, uh, I think they're going to put up similar numbers this year. I really do. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Can he be what we thought that AJ uh, Henning would be, for example? as a slot receiver at Michigan with all due respect to him, you know, it seems to me, uh, you know, AJ better step it up or otherwise he can get passed up. Yeah. To me, it, it's not an apples to apples comparison because Ronnie Bell was a, uh, I believe he was a two-star recruit or a low mm-hmm. three-star, whatever it was. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this conversation that we're having about, you know, we've talked so much about Darius Clemens and Morian Walker's playing cornerback right now, but he's had a lot of hype. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Tyler Morris wound up being the, the better, the best of the three of them. And he's a four-star guy, so it's not like he's, um, you know, he's not like he's a borderline walk-on stepping. It's not like the Peyton O'Leary uh, hype from last last camp, which hey, he's on scholarship now. He could be another guy to keep an eye on. Um, but let's go to Shane Johnson for a second. Our buddy Shane with a twenty-dollar super chat says, "Most excitement for me since I started following Michigan in 1989." We hear the young guys taking the next step, but it's the vets. JJ, Wilson, Colston, Chris Jenkins, Don, etc. Next level I'm looking forward to seeing and will fuel the natty run. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing to me is um, I wrote this when I was talking about the pro day the other day. Uh, this kind of just the overarching storyline with this group is that, you know, I, I think from an NFL perspective, a lot of those scouts are looking over the film on some of these current guys and go, wow, okay, that guy's coming back. Zach center's coming back. Trevor Keegan's coming back. They start counting. And all of a sudden the story of this NFL draft cycle for Michigan is all the guys that didn't declare for the draft. Uh, I think that this is, um, I think that this is the best balance of, of youth and experience and depth that they've had under Jim Harbaugh. And I don't, you know, I, we'll have a whole off season to talk about what the expectations are. You know that what their expectations are. It's Houston or bust. It's Natty or bust. Um, but I just, it just feels like they're just in a really good headspace right now. I think that um, everything just feels like a well-oiled machine, and it looks like recruiting is starting to catch up to that too. So this program is just in phenomenal, phenomenal shape right now. Yeah, and it can change quickly, as we've seen. You know, uh, Shane, it's a great observation, and JJ actually said the same thing the other day. He said getting those seven guys back or however many it was, it was like, you know, it's like really recruiting wins in itself. And I think that's really the goal of some of these NIL collectives is to make sure that guys are taken care of so they don't want to be in a hurry to leave. And they need to do it on the basketball side, too, for people listening with Kobe Bufkin. Um, I think the writing's on the wall there if they don't. So but there's no question that. Uh, these this is very similar, Shane, to those years in the 80s and the 90s where uh, we heard it last year from somebody close to the program where they said the depth at every position and the talent at every position reminded him of the 90s teams. And you can see it. And it's not just that it's the culture. It's the guys that understand when they go into that building what they're playing for and that they're expected to win championships. Now they know how to do it. And that was always the big thing was that next hurdle was, okay, let's get over the hump so that we know how to do it. And the guys underneath us know how to do it. We aren't just wishing for it, not selling hope as the 
the great Mark D'Antonio used to say, now you're selling championships in the hopes of playing and the ex- expectations of playing for them. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. This, this program's in great shape. And, uh, Shane, that's exactly why. Uh, but these guys these guys that are carrying it now learn from the guys in front of them too. Let's give guys like Cade McNamara credit. He's the one that helped get him over the hump. Um, and you know what? You, people will rip on him and he, and he, you know, sullied his legacy on the way out. There's no question about it. But uh, guys like Eric All too, these are the guys that groomed these other guys and now it's up to these guys to groom the next crop my biggest uh, take oh go ahead Abe. no i was gonna say shane just wanted uh, us to add brayden mcgregor to his list as well so there you go there you go shane and on that note my biggest takeaway from shane's question which by the way we really appreciate is that he didn't even list a guy who finished seventh in heisman trophy voting last year in blake Corum, unless i'm right. missing him somewhere i mean that just yep. tells you uh, you know, how loaded this team is from a talent perspective and all those guys coming back. AB, you're right. I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah, uh, NFL network draft analyst talk during the combine. And he said, man, when you're going through all the tape, you, your eyes sometimes are starting to fixate on guys that are returning. Uh, and Rich Eisen was was very happy about that, of course. But uh, this program's in great shape. I mean, you look at the lanyards that they're handed out to these recruits when they come on their visits. It says back-to-back Big Ten champions. There was a recruit, forget which one. Uh, had Jim Harbaugh's Big Ten Championship ring on, uh, you know, posted a photo of it in his office. Um, you know, they got all the momentum right now. They're having a lot of fun. I think things are starting to pick up on the trail. Uh, but as far as the talent that's here, I mean, it's it's next level stuff right now. I mean, it's as talented as I've seen, as much as, as excitement as I've seen. Somebody posted on our message board earlier that there's so much optimism and, and so much hope for what's going to happen that you almost feel like, something disastrous is going to happen or whatever. Now, you know, that that's something that the expectations are so high that even something like 10 and two would feel like a huge disappointment. It's still, we have to remember how hard it is. Like Michigan didn't easily win the big 10 two years in a row, the last two years, even though they went undefeated last year, it's even though you beat Ohio state by 23, that's a very hard thing to do or 22. Um, so it's going to be challenging. Every year is a new challenge. You have some tough games out there. I mean, you got to go at Minnesota. You got to go at Nebraska. I mean, they, they're in a new era there. You got to go at Penn State. I mean, it's going to be a big challenge, but they got the horses to do it. If, if they ever could do it in a year like this, uh, it would be this team because there's just so much talent and the coaching staff's fantastic. And, uh, you know, they're going to run it back. It's, it's Houston or bust more or less from their standpoint. And that's the way they should look at it. How about that big mural, fellas, uh, that they put up with Ohio State-Michigan games from the last two years yeah. at Schimbeckler Hall? Uh, it's a thing of beauty. With the snow coming down, I'm getting teary just thinking about it, man. But uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. There's room for more. You know what? Might as well get three or four up there, too, because uh, they're going to be favored to win it. Uh, let's do the three-peat, like you said, run it back. Yeah, I think people do kind of um, – I think people – right now, it's, it's crazy to say, uh, but – I would caution people against taking for granted how hard it is to do what they've done last couple of years. I mean, they hadn't done it in almost, uh, in almost 20 years. It had been 17 years since they won a big 10 title. And uh, I believe what was it? 20 or 19 years or uh, 23 years, whatever it was since they had won at Ohio state. Um, the expectations have, have changed and, and, and rightfully so. And I think that uh, when you, you look for, you look for reasons or, or ways that, I don't want to say you're looking for reasons that they could trip up, but you know, one of the things to guard against now that you've done it two years in a row is, can you do it a third? You know, do you get the Rocky three syndrome? I call it where you get a little too big for your britches and get punched in the mouth. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I want to, I want to stay with football. We were going to break here, but had another uh, nine ninety nine super chat here from Jeremy who says, okay, I'll bite. I heard coaches say they need to be more balanced to prep for the playoff. With all the talent and JJ Prime for a big year, do they truly let loose, um, let him loose, still not abandoning the run? I guess that depends on what your definition of that is. I felt like I've, I feel like I've been saving this for two years now, where just because JJ McCarthy has all this talent doesn't mean it's suddenly going to become the air raid and he's going to throw 40 times and run the ball 15 to 20 times a game uh, on his own. I don't see that happening. I think what you're going to, what you'll keep seeing is them retrofitting his skill set into their identity. Like they still, you know, it's a group that wants to win the Joe Moore award a third straight year. Um, it's a group that wants to get, you know, be physical and run the football. Um, but I do think, especially with the strides that we're hearing that JJ has made over the spring, I think that you'll see 
some inst- instances where they give him a little more license to make plays as opposed to, um, I don't know if I would call what they did with him training wheels last year, but there were certainly moments where you were just waiting for them to cut him loose just a little bit more. And, um, you know, they didn't, I mean, I think what happened in the TCU game is still probably the exception as opposed to the rule. Uh, but if you can find a way to strike a balance there, I mean, yeah, I, I think a huge leap is on the table for him. I'm not going to sit here and expect him to be, you know, 2019 Joe Burrow, but you know, his best football to me is still very much ahead of him. And part of it's about the receivers too, right guys? Uh, you're going to have uh, Ronnie Bell. I don't think people appreciated him as much as they should have. No, he was not the best receiver Michigan's ever had. This guy's going to be a pro though. And this guy made some tough catches. This guy had, uh, you know, he had a few drops earlier on in the year, but he was, there's a reason that his quarterbacks trusted him every year. Uh, when you had elite, supposedly elite level talent at, re- at receiver coming out of high school, uh, that Ronnie Bell was the guy that they always looked to. He's always in the right spot. He's always doing what he was supposed to. So let's see how these other guys step up. Cornelius Johnson's got to take another step. Uh, we saw it in the Ohio state game. Um, if we Roman Wilson has another gear. He's bigger now. He's five pounds bigger. Uh, he's running sick times in these cone drills. I mean, his shiftiness, he's got another, he's got another gear to reach and another level to reach Jeremy. So uh, it really depends a lot on what these guys do and how they're coached in my opinion, but they are never going to abandon what, you know, has gotten them here, which is the last two years, a run heavy offense in which they are just absolutely blistering people. When you win the amount of big 10 games that you did in the last two years, they've lost one, right. Um, Then you don't should have won that one too. They absolutely, yeah, they got robbed of it, frankly, but then that you, frankly, um, you stick with what works. So, yeah, I think you open it up a little bit more. And in the big games, when you have to go to it, uh, you want to be able to know that you can. But, again, part of that depends on the receiving core. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I was going to bring that up. with the They tried at times to mm-hmm. throw the ball, hit some deep shots. They couldn't connect on some of those. And when you have a guy, you know, number two, play quorum in the backfield, I mean, it, it would seem like a crime almost not to go with what works uh you know there were times in the illinois game where they they did just enough in the past game to win that one without blake and donovan but it was a little bit of a struggle and i give illinois credit that's a good defense and they had a really good secondary but uh, it wasn't like it worked every time michigan went to that and then you know they just didn't go to it and they were like handcuffing jj mccarthy you know he was a young quarterback he was 19 years old making his first starts of his career and they were bringing him along and i thought they did a really good job with that. The next step is to be able to do it more. And it's on, you know, the quarterbacks and the receivers, and, you know, and the tight ends to, you know, connect on those opportunities when they have them and then they'll be trusted a little bit more. So uh, I agree, Jeremy. I mean, it's kind of the next step. You do want to be more balanced where it does, you know, it's not too little too late. I know they could have won that game anyway, but uh, in the TCU game, but you, you know, you want to be able to unleash that earlier, but I don't think it's, it's one or the other. You're going to lean on the strong run game. When you need to pass, you're going to throw and think of it. Think of it like Georgia. I mean, it's not like you know they made Stetson Bennett look so good because they had a good run game, they had good receivers, uh, and they you know they really called you know the right stuff at the right time. So if Michigan can find that balance, I think they're going to be just fine. And luckily, they got the talent I think to do it at quarterback. Figure out the receiving core. You know who's going to be the guys, and then you know kind of go from there. Amen to all that. Uh, God, I'm so I, I'm so excited for this football season. It's, yeah. it's going to be a long summer. It's going to be. And to quote uh, to quote you, Chris, like we're gonna we're not gonna wish our summer away, but my goodness, um, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun time. Uh, Jeremy says in the playoffs, those are the good teams. They shut down what you want to do. Can't run eleven games, and then then when you shut it down, you don't have reps passing. Oh, look at yeah. Ohio State, though, Anthony. Look at the yeah. game against Ohio State. I think it's it's a lot more important to me what you're repping, what you're practicing Monday through Thursday than what you're necessarily seeing on Saturday every week. Um, Saturday is a game plan thing. Saturday is a game flow thing. Um, you know, you think about that uh, that Washington game from 2021. Uh, yeah, Cade McNamara was like eight for 20 or something, or like four for 14 for like 44 yeah. yards, but they ran the ball right down Washington's throat because Washington couldn't stop it. Penn State game last year. Penn State couldn't stop the run. Michigan ran for like 400 yards. So and JJ missed on a throw early in the game. You know, it's not like yeah. they weren't ne- ever right. throwing either. So yeah. you know, and, so, and if, if the offense line is going to 
create the holes they did against Penn State. You hand it to two, you hand it to seven, and you kind of go from there. And yeah, and they had that... leads. They had leads in these games too. We got to remember yes. that it was sixty yeah. forty, right, or whatever it was. Yep. Uh, mm, heading yeah. into the TCU game in terms of balance, but Michigan led like the entire season. They yeah. were hardly ever down, so you got to factor that in as well. You got to manage the game, so that that factors in, you know. And you hope they're leading again this year if you're a Michigan fan. Yeah, and and to me, when you look at what happened offensively in that TCU game, it wasn't because they didn't have enough reps passing the ball. I mean, passing is is what got them back in the game. They couldn't run the football as well as they wanted to. One because they were depleted there. You didn't have a healthy Blake Corm and. Let's be frank. I mean, Donovan Edwards wasn't completely healthy either, um, but the offensive line couldn't block a really, you know, the odd front defense too. So uh, just have to play better when you get there. I think people put a little more, a little too much stock into what it looks like on the way there. How about you just play better when you get there? I think that's could be where, where it starts for me. So um, I think that's, good, that's a good place to put a pin in for football um, really quick. 999 super chat here from Mr. Glasper who says, mm-hmm. Finally caught you guys live and wanted to show some support. Uh, feel free to tack a question onto that too, uh, since you sent the ten dollar uh, chat in there. But uh, before we do that, uh, feel free to think of something if you'd like. But Mr. Glasper, thank you so much. Um, now they're coming in hot and heavy. Shane Shane Johnson has a five dollar super chat. Going to have to literally run out hockey lines, a defensive line, offensive line, and linebacker positions. Too much talent to not play amongst them, boys. Yeah. Uh, it's a good problem to have. Um, he's not with the uh, he's not with the coaching staff anymore. But Matt Weiss used to call those rich people problems, and Michigan uh, <laughs> certainly has them. So uh, let's talk about really quick our friends over at the Rogue Shop. If I can figure out how to pull it up here, there we go. Um, sorry, we're doing this live, and we're self-producing this week. I uh, want to talk about our friends over at Rogue Shop now. Of course, we've been talking about Richard and Charmaine uh, going back to football season. Uh, you guys know about what they bring to the table now. Uh, America's number one online dispensary. If you have uh, anxiety, stress, um, a number of things, pain creams, uh, pains, all, all that type of stuff, uh, sleeping disorders, uh, Rogue Shop, our friends there operate out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And they work to not only grow and manufacture, but educate the population about THC-based medicines. If you're looking for products that can help diffuse your stress and anxiety, chronic pains, insomnia, like I just said, Rogue Shop's menu of products is perfect for you. And they are willing, as you see, uh, we are on the website right now. Uh, They're always willing to hop on a live chat with you and answer some of your questions. A Rogue Shop sells Delta 8, Delta 9, CBD, and THC products that are all lab direct without middlemen. Uh, Some of the psychoactive products they carry are gummies, moon rocks, pre-rolls, dabs, diamonds, lollipops, hard candies, tinctures. They have it all. Uh, They grow their own cannabis and manufactures their own products with their own two hands. Unlike their competitors that are replacing humans with machines, each box uh, comes with a personal handwritten letter sent with love from Mr. and Mrs. Rogue. Add that extra touch to their care packages Of course, Rogue Shop is licensed by the USDA for growing with a license to manufacture in Wisconsin and Texas. All of their products are tested by a third party. And you can get 10% off your order today over at rogueshop.com using promo code THEWOLVERINE over at R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. And fellas, uh, every week we come here and sing the praises of our friends uh, Richard and Charmaine. And uh, myself have had some back pain over the last few weeks and I've been using the pain cream and it is uh, it has taken the edge off of that for sure. Yeah. And the same with me uh, when I get back from the gym, I'm no spring chicken as you guys know. So uh, <laughs> when I get back from You're 35, the, come on, man. Yeah. 39. Yeah, but I was going to make it believable, more believable. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but the pain cream has been fantastic for me when I get back from the gym. Uh, I had elbow pain uh, after lifting for a long time. Uh, this has helped tremendously. Um, and you know what, uh, I, it's very much appreciated. So, and my pet, my dog, uh, has had some issues as you guys know, uh, that's been my go-to as well, the CBD for pets. So give it a shot. Hey, absolutely. Again, uh, promo code, uh, sorry, Clay, did I, did I bust it? No, 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 you're good. I was just going to say it's fantastic stuff. And we've, we've heard, uh, some of our subscribers over on the Ford have reached out saying, thanks for promoting these guys because. Mm-hmm. Some people are into CBD. They switched over. Some people are new to CBD and and all these products. 
and they've joined the you know the rogue shop family so uh we're hearing from all sorts of people so make sure to check it out yeah that's until we worked with them uh i had never dabbled in any of that and uh you know the the now you're taking dabs <laughs> now um whatever you know whatever they're willing to share i'm willing to, to partake in uh the gummies have been uh have been great for focus i can be a bit of a scatterbrain at times which comes as a surprise to no one that watches any of these shows uh so uh yeah uh, promo code the wolverine gets you 10 percent off your order over at rogueshop.com uh we love supporting good people and and they're quality people with a quality product so Thank you guys over at the Rogue Shop. Uh, let's talk basketball now. Uh, probably for the last time uh, in a while. Um, by necessity, uh, we're, we're advocates of mental health here. I think we all need a break from that season uh, for a bit. But the season finally came to an end on Saturday in the NIT. Uh, Michigan loses, I believe it was 66-65 at Vanderbilt. Season over, uh, run to Vegas over, heartbroken about that. Uh, gave up an eight-point lead in the final minute and six seconds, I believe it was. Uh, no Jet Howard again, no Kobe Bufkin. Uh, had probably one of the, the oddest starting lineups I've seen that wasn't forced by um, you know COVID running through the program. Uh, it's certainly one of the, you know, Yusuf Kayat got his first start. We saw Terrence Williams, I believe, technically start at the two. Joey Baker was out there. Um, yeah, fellas, I've never seen one quite like that. Uh, in a year where, not that I want to go back and revisit it, but there are so many losses that this team had um, sitting at, whatever it was, 18 and 16 on the year, where they were like, no no, no two losses were the same. Now, they blew a couple leads. I mean, they blew a lot of leads in these games, but the way it happened – uh, the turnovers late uh, from Terrence Williams. Uh, Doug McDaniel had a turnover. Hunter Dickinson missed a bunny late that probably would have sealed the game. It's just um, the mistakes, again, caught up to them. And here we are. Uh, I, I, we had talked about how we didn't think that the NIT was really going to alter the outlook of the season, and it really doesn't. It hadn't. Um, they won one and lost one, which has kind of been the pattern for them a lot this year. So I guess just thoughts on the season coming to a close. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I can go. Oh, grateful. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> to me, it's like, man, I mean, they played pretty well for 39 minutes. I thought Vanderbilt didn't play very well either. Uh, missed some shots. I thought Vanderbilt should have been more aggressive going in, getting fouled in the paint. and That was working certainly late in the game. They got to the rim. But – give Michigan credit for what they did in the 39 minutes. And then they threw it all away in the last minute. We've seen some collapses this year, but that one pretty much takes the cake. I mean, the fact that Michigan was up eight with 50 some seconds to go. And then they had 12 seconds still on their final possession while they were losing to like 12 seconds is a decent amount of time. <laughs> like they, the game flipped that quickly. Doug McDaniel gets an okay shot. Hunter Dickinson misses the follow um you know i think doug's got to get a little bit better finishing on his floater which i don't love all the time and at the rim this offseason but man uh unfortunate way to go out i didn't know i was going to get that into an nit game but i did uh and then they you know they kind of screwed it up there uh, i would uh advise Jawan howard to watch the kansas state inbounds play it's like a screen <laughs> pass uh i tweeted it the other day if people want to look at it uh, there's got to be better ways. I know you were short guards, but there, there's just no way that should have been that should have happened down the stretch. And Terrence Williams, frankly, traveled on the last possession too. I thought it should have been four turnovers in a row. So just unbelievable sequence. Um, you didn't have Kobe. You didn't have Jet. You didn't have, even have Isaiah Barnes, who was an, you know just one of the guards on your roster, I guess. And you started a guy that Yusef Kayat's first minute of that game was his 14th minute since the New Year. So. Very, very uh, raw player, and I think we'll see him improve. But, um, yeah, now we're kind of into the uh, offseason limbo. We'll see what happens with the transfer portal, with NBA draft. But a uh, tough way to go out, but maybe a little bit fitting, as, as some people have pointed out. Yeah, and, you know, a couple people have made the the point that, well, what do you expect when you don't have guards on the floor? Well, I expect them not to hand the ball to the other team because they're going to be on the floor anyway. And if the ball goes to Terrence Williams, you know, uh, and he has the ball in his hands, uh, then – 
don't turn it over, you know? Uh, and so to me, that's a cop out. Uh, that's a poor excuse. And we've been seeing this now for, for way too often, right? Where they are collapsing and, and making their boneheaded plays at the end of games. You talk about that turnaround. Remember the Indiana game last year in the big 10 tournament when they lost a 17 point lead in about five minutes. And you're thinking, man, they're in good shape with 11 minutes to go. And then with six minutes to go, they're behind. And you're like, what the hell just happened? You know, that's kind of the same feeling. But we're, we're feeling that too much, guys. And you know what? That's That to me is a red flag here, that they've got to figure some stuff out. And Juwan Howard promised that they would do that this summer, and they'd figure some things out. And and they need to, because whether it's following the three-point shooter at Iowa, you know, whether it's, you know, the missed bunnies uh, around the rim. We saw what happened at Illinois. They were up seven in overtime, you know, and you're thinking, all right, they're going to get that win. You know what? up 10 or 11 at Indiana, uh, they just can't figure it out. So something is wrong. Fundamentally, that's something that needs to be fixed. That starts with the, the guy on the top, and he's acknowledged that and said we all need to get better, including me. Uh, I believe that, and uh, here's hoping they do because, man, what a painful way to end the season, but so appropriate. Yeah, it was – I said this all the way – God, I feel like – God, this is a brutal – it was just a brutal year. I feel like I've said what I'm about to say going back to the CMU game is that the most damning thing about it is that the way it happened wasn't surprising at all because that had been what it's just been in their DNA all year to, to kind of cough these games up. And and you're right. I mean, the people who said, well, you know, what do you expect? They don't, they only had one healthy guard. It's like, well, again, you're up eight with a minute to go. I expect you to just not completely soil yourself. I mean, right. I don't know how else to put it. Um, and that's, I think that's the biggest thing is we do like, we'll, we'll do an, opto- an autopsy of this year, um, you know, probably in more detail at a later time. But, you know, when you look at what ails this team, um, yeah, there's youth. There was growing pains. There was guys that need to get that experience like a Doug McDaniel, like Kobe Bufkin. And you saw the more basketball Kobe played, um, the better he got throughout the year. And uh, to a lesser extent, that was the case for Doug too. But, you know, you have guys, you know, you just don't have enough. The biggest thing for me in this NCAA tournament that we've been watching is that there's a lot of teams, with a lot of experience and, and a lot of it's come through the transfer portal, you know, these programs flipping over the, almost their entire roster, but there's still something to be said about, um, you know, upperclassmen leadership. And I think Michigan was lacking in that area. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I like Joey Baker. Um, I think he's a solid, you know, he's solid off the bench, but you know, when you you're sitting here and, and we're talking about, um, you know, Joey Baker has to come back. This is Michigan saying this. We want him back because he's such a good leader for us. I'm sorry. Like that's, I, it's nothing against him. I just think that needs to come from some of your players that have been with the program a little longer. And Terrence Williams is a junior. Terrence Williams is a freshman and he did that. It still would be tough to swallow, but he's a junior and he's played a lot of basketball, played a lot of tournament basketball. Um, you know, Hunter Dickinson and uh, some of those bigger moments, needs you know you gotta you gotta hit one more maybe in some of these games you just have to hit one more shot but um yeah we'll see what happens here it's it's tough to even talk about what comes next because we don't know who's going to be on this roster but we don't know if jet howard or kobe buffkin will be back we don't know if hunter dickinson we think hunter dickinson will be back but who knows for sure um and again they're already looking at guys in the transfer portal looking at a couple uh guys that can play the four in the transfer portal which Saturday kind of illustrates maybe why that is the case. This whole season has been a, a case study for that, but um, you know, it brings us to this question and, and we will transition into questions now for the last few minutes of the show. I want to take this one from Phil. O, and I don't necessarily agree with the wording of it, but I want to start the conversation here. I uh, he says, will Juwan have the guts to process more guys. T will Jason Baker cannot all be brought back. You cannot go to another season with only two guys who can dribble. Um, you know, the way that we, you know, you feel about a specific guy, um, notwithstanding, I do think that there is a, uh, I don't think anyone's spot on this team should be safe. I know that scholarships typically kind of guarantee that, but um, we know how college sports is now. We know how the transfer portal works. Um, I think any, and the only thing we could really say about what happens next is that I think all options are on the table and all options should be on the table because that was the type of year that warrants you know, a lot of inward looking, but, you know, also some massive changes to the way you operate. So I guess just thoughts on what this roster, what, what the focus should be as they build it over the next few months. Yeah. The focus should be Doug jet or Doug 
Doug Hunter and Kobe, in my opinion. Uh, Jet as a residual player, and if he comes back, you have a, a, a sincere talk with him and say, look, you know, this is what your role is going to be, and this is what we need from you. So, uh, to me, that's where it starts. You know, Kobe Bufkin sitting out with a, an ankle injury. I don't think we read a whole lot. I don't think Juwan even commented on that after the game, did he? Mm-hmm. So, right. So, um, that's a huge question mark, right? Uh, he supposedly turned his ankle in, in practice, and the skeptics are going to say that he sat out. And, you know, fair or not, um, it's a bad look, you know. Uh, I'm not going to say that he faked an injury, you know, just because it's the just because it was just the NIT. But people are going to talk. So uh, to me, uh, I start by recruiting my guys that I want and need, know I need back. Uh, that includes Hunter. That includes Doug. That includes Kobe, in my opinion, and go from there. But you need some help in the portal. We've seen some of these teams now in the portal in the NCAA tournament that have really helped themselves in the portal. They've got to do a better job with roster construction. That's where it starts. So Phil, I agree with you in that respect. You cannot have guys out there that can't shoot and can't handle the ball. They need more of both. Yeah. I'll say this. I disagree with Phil that they only had two guys that could dribble. They have three guys this year that could dribble. Uh, (laughs) I would throw jet in that category. Obviously it was magnified those issues and lack of guard depth and all that. On a number of occasions this year, foul trouble, injury, but most notably against Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested, uh, you know, the whole Kobe thing. You know, he played against Toledo, played hard, played well, and then, you know, he doesn't play against Vanderbilt. I would say this, like, let's say he did turn his ankle, and, you know, I, I would say that's probably what happened. If you're not 100%, it is kind of just the NIT. It's like, I mean, why risk an injury even if you're coming back? Uh, you know, in the NIT, but I also see a guy wanting to gut it out and play. So don't know the full story there, but it is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if you can process guys necessarily, but I think you have to have an honest conversation with everyone on this roster and say, these are the expectations we have for you. Uh, you have to meet these, you know, otherwise this is what's going to happen to you. You're not going to play or, you know, whatever the case may be, you're not going to get the role that necessarily you want. Um, and in today's college basketball, you have to also mention the fact that, there is a transfer portal that you can go to if you want this, that, or the other uh, to be your situation. So that's got to happen. Uh, I don't, I'm not too worried about scholarship spots. He's got a couple of sons on the team, at least one for next year that they could maybe move off a of scholarship or whatever. But uh, and you're probably going to get some attrition to the NBA anyway. But um, yeah, it's there's going to be guys that are going to have some tough decisions to make. We already saw Isaiah Barnes leave and. Um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of go from there, but it's kind of that limbo. As I said, we'll, we'll see what happens with this roster. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll see again. Uh, that's the process. I don't, I don't agree with the wording of that just because again, it's not something that I think Michigan does. And I don't, it, it's obviously not, it's not legal. Um, yeah, yeah, didn't they kind of do away with that a, a few years ago or something like that, where it's like you used to be able to pull a scholarship but now you can't. Well, I know I know I football for years um, and even Michigan football's done a bit of this in its history is, has there's been a problem with over signing guys um, you know over promising scholarships and then you see guys medically retire and, and, and things like that but yeah it's not uh, not that the NCA enforces their rules but it's not legal to do that so and you could there are ways around it though I mean like uh, I was talking to a coach the other day who when he inherited a program he said he had a guy missed 19 classes <laughs> Um, like the week that he was hired or to the, the you know, the two weeks prior. And he said, you know what? You can't do that uh, if you want to play for me. And the kid said, I, I've always had a problem with that, you know, and getting places on time. He says, well, you, that better change. So the next day, the next morning, he meet, misses the team meeting. <laughs> so the coach says, okay, you're no longer on the team. We'll honor your scholarship, but you're not playing here. So that kind of forces the kid's hand to transfer, right? You want to play basketball, you're going to be playing somewhere else. But he honored his scholarship. So there's still ways around it. But um, you know what? That's a drastic thing. If these kids are doing well and going to class, I'm against it. You know what? Uh, you do what you can and uh, get some NIL money and you know put some of these – non-scholarship guys or the scholarship guys on, you know, Jace or whatever, maybe uh, have somebody pay a scholarship or, you know, who knows, but uh, I just know that they need better roster composition. Uh, we know that we know that Juwan wants Joey Baker back because he was basically praying for it after the Toledo game when, we, when he said that they were asking uh, when they were asking if he was going to be brought back. So we'll see what happens, but definitely need more help. And Terrence Williams, too, he was in that comment there as one of the guys. His dad tweeted recently that he's too close to getting his degree, so he's going to stay 
at Michigan. I'm glad for that. Um, yeah, I'm no, Terrence is a great kid. I know he's had an up-and-down season. He's also been hurt towards the end, uh, so yep. I hope he gets it together, improves, and, and plays well. And, and Jawan has had nothing but good things to say about him throughout his career as well, the way he works and everything. So wishing uh, that Terrence Williams, hopefully we see a better version next year, but definitely a great kid. He needs to get his confidence back. That's where it starts. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we – because because we don't have – I mean, I say we, but I really mean because fans don't really have as much skin in the game. I mean, I think they're um, – these these kids, and they are you – know, they're young men. I get it. Some of them are making a lot of money now to play basketball, but they're not just disposable. You don't just throw them away. Mm-hmm. Um, this is still a Michigan team that I think was a composite top 15, top 20 team in terms of talent. So I don't, I don't necessarily want a roster overhaul. I think a lot of the things – you need to get better um, in your process. You need to get better in some of your player development. And, uh, you know, a couple more pieces here to make yourself a little deeper would be nice, too. So uh, we'll take one more question here and then get out of here. Uh, this might be one that's better for the recruiting guys. Um, but Mr. Glasper was nice enough to send in a super chat. So we asked him to send in a question. He says, uh, Jaden Davis or Bryce Underwood? Who would you guys rather have if you had to choose? That's obviously Jaden Davis, 2024 quarterback, Bryce Underwood, 2025, both, uh, you know, five-star level guys. Uh, for me, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't, I'm not really paying attention to the 25s right now. So I think I'd take the bird in hand with the guy that you had on campus this weekend. Um, I'm sure our recruiting guys, our recruiting guys will have more on this uh, coming out of the visits, but sounds like the visit weekend went well across the board. So um, given that Michigan's been so close with him, I think I'd just kind of take the – it's not quite the bird in hand, but it's the closest one. It's so hard, Mr. Glasper, because you know what? Uh, you never know until they get here, you know, who – but uh, I – you know, as a prospect, I like Underwood a little bit better. Um, but as Anthony said, and as they've had conversations about Jaden Davis, you know, you're that close with him. Uh, they feel – real. let's just say they feel really, really, really good about where they stand with Jaden Davis. So uh, really good. So to me, it's a moot point. Um, you, you take the guy that you can get first, and uh, I think that will be Jaden Davis. Since it's a hypothetical, I'll I'll play here. I'll play ball with Mr. Glasper, and I'll say Bryce Underwood. Um, you know, I think he is going to end up being a better quarterback. Uh, EJ Holland and I were at a camp uh, about a year and a half ago, and Donovan Dooley, who runs Quarterback University, came up to us uh, and said, you see that kid over there? Like, that's an eighth grader right there. Yeah. Like, which one? Or like, not the tall guy over there. He's like, yeah, that kid, he's going to be the next big thing, number one player in the country, that sort of thing in 2025. We were like, oh, wow. We started watching him. Uh, EJ started covering him basically from that moment forward. Uh, I've seen him a couple times, and he's fantastic. I saw him in a game uh, two seasons ago at Belleville. Uh, Belleville kids hasn't, haven't worked out necessarily in, in college that much, but they got a new coach now. Uh, so maybe that'll change, and and he's kind of definitely that guy. I think would be the guy to make that change. So Bryce Underwood, I will, I'll, I'll take him. I think he's got a, a huge arm, all the physical tools. Uh, Jaden Davis, EJ kind of has him more as like a top 150 recruit, uh, not necessarily the five star, but hope they both work out and have fantastic careers, preferably at Michigan. If you're a Michigan fan, right? Yeah, I mean it's not a problem for schools like Ohio State to have multiple elite prospects. So right. why not Michigan, right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like JJ, and then everyone's like, "Oh, no one wants to be the guy after JJ." And then it's like, okay, they couldn't get a guy in the next class. And then you don't need to only get one good quarterback every three or four years. You can get one every year. I think yeah. Michigan's hoping to do that here. Yeah, bring them in, and if they don't win the job, there's the transfer portal. That's how it goes. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <them>. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your support, uh, Mr. Glasper, very much. Appreciate it. I appreciate everyone's support. Uh, quality Monday night showing from uh, our our loyal listeners, watchers, all that. Um, I just had a brain fart. What do we usually do when we close out the show? Uh, be sure to like. <laughs> be sure to Clayton, like. Clayton goes like that. Yeah, I know that. Right, that's yeah, does the, yeah. That does the Al Borland from Home Improvement. And my oh, stomach no. starts to rubble. I'm hungry, so let's shut this thing down. Here we well, go. Let's 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 all go eat. So yes, uh, be sure to like the video, uh, subscribe to our channel. Uh, you know that we're live every Monday at six o'clock. Uh, TheWolverine.com. Uh, you can sign up for premium access for twenty nine ninety nine uh, through August thirty first. So uh, every day that goes by that you don't jump jump on that deal, it gets a little less worth it for you. So uh, get your money's worth. Uh, hop on on over there as well. Um, 
for Clayton Safey, for Chris Ballas, I've been Anthony Broom. We've been the Wolverine. We will talk to you again next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.